You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, Well, I want to wake you welcome you to the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable. Anyone can join the roundtable. Just sign up for a newsletter at jeeptalkshow uh, slash uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And uh, you just scroll down through there. You'll see a little place where you can sign up for the newsletter. And in the newsletter, you'll uh, get the special URL and uh, password that you need to join our Zoom meeting. And uh, the, the cool thing about that is, is that once you have that information once, it'll be the same from then on out. And uh, you can use it on Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time, and uh, Thursday, 10 p.m. Central Time. And uh, you can be part of the, the Zoom meeting with uh, uh, <laughs> a cast of characters. Everybody is welcome to, uh, to join in. So what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed with opinions, sometimes strong, that are no one's but their own. All right, so <laughs> let's, get the, let's get the Zoom people in here. And, and by the way, they're self-named Zoom people, uh, uh, and, and I, have some, I have some bad news for, for you Zoom people. Chris is uh, out tonight and uh, from 7 He is out because he is draining the, uh, his floor pans out of his uh, uh, Jeep JK. Well, what did, what did he do? <laughs> That's the, I was expecting a good story. I asked him if he spilled his 32-ounce 30, Dr. Pepper in the floorboard or something. Apparently, they've just been getting a lot of rain up there in his, uh, his neck of the woods, and uh, it just leaked into the, into the Jeep and filled up the floor, plan, floor, floor pans. So he's, uh, he's busy getting that all, uh, all taken care of. It's always something with that guy. <laughs> well, I hear the, the JK uh, hardtops had a problem with leaking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, I think he was indicating it was down lower. I mean, the picture he sent me, uh, like uh, down close to the uh, the bottom of the door. So I don't know. We'll have to get uh, more information on him. Uh, more, more information about it on him uh, maybe on Thursday when he's uh, in here for the uh, uh, the campfire side chat segment. So well, there's I, a, lot, a lot of JKs will leak around that eight pillar, especially if you over tighten the top with the knobs. If you over tighten it, it causes it to leak more. There's a fine balance. Plus, I think he's talked before about trying to rub some silicone um, cleaner and stuff to try to get a better seal on that that the the tops, the freedom panels. Don't you have to use a specific grease, right? Like you can't just use any grease on there. No, right? No, there's. I haven't ever done it. Mine drips a little bit, but he and I both got a lot of rain over the last three days. So were you in part of any of those storms like uh, Larry was? No, we just got a torrential. I mean, we've got all the ditches are full of water and the fields are flooded. Ouch. But the water will go down. It'll, it'll go down pretty quick, hopefully, a few days. Yeah, it got pretty nasty around, around here. And Chip's only a little bit west of me, so, or a little bit east of me. So, yeah, it rolled from here to him. Yeah, I get the same weather because I'm I'm actually north and east. So on the weather pattern, it, it always comes kind of St. Louis, Springfield on up to me. Right. So did you get any damage anywhere around you there, Larry? Like uh, any roofs blown away or anything like that? No, we didn't. It, it pretty much rolled just a little bit north and south of us. 
we were kind of like a little pocket as it rolled through. But fortunately, that's usually the case for us. It's always just north or just south of us. You know whose fault it is, right? <laughs> it's Tebow's fault. <laughs> because we were talking last week, right, about uh, I think they were saying something about Texas tornadoes, and they were like, oh, there's nothing. We get much more of up here in Illinois and Missouri. Huh. Like, I literally said that last week. And then, bam. So. Well, there's a there's an area up there. It's a county called Macoupin. Yep. And if there's bad weather in the area, anywhere, it's going through Macoupin. And I can't tell you for years how many times I'd be driving through that area. And the t- tornado was nearby. Or one time I was driving through there and everybody stopped. And everybody's looking up, and you see these little twisty fingers come out of the clouds almost right above them. They're stopped looking up at it. I'm like, go, go. <laughs> it's like watching someone get ready to shoot you. Just get out of there. But didn't you see the movie? There's going to be a Jeep truck fall from the sky any minute and land upside down. <laughs> oh, right yeah. I hated that Cow. scene. Cow. <laughs> and then there's going to be a bunch of people crying. Does that bumper. So... Two things on the bumper, right? Love the looks. Absolutely love the looks of the bumper. The Motorville, I mean, the, the welds are just unbelievably awesome. I don't know if I showed you all any close-ups of them or not, but mm-hmm. you can tell really, really good work on it. Uh, but good. I've got my axle back Magnaflow muffler, which in addition to being unsightly, where the hanger is after you chop the back of the frame off and pull it in, you know, it puts the muffler right up against that bumper. So under like full acceleration, you get that vibration against it. You get like a little metal on metal, little vibration from the muffler hitting the bumper. Oh, that's how you know you're okay. alive. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> I uh, I ordered the Overland kit because I'm I'm not a fan of V6 noise, right? Like I I didn't want something that was going to be screaming from the mountaintop everywhere I went. So and all of the ones I had seen that relocate the muffler like inboard, like up by the driver's side door inside the frame rail or whatever. Um, they, were, they deleted the factory resonator and everything. And so I was really, but Magnaflow has one now called the Overland Kit. And it's basically from the downpipe, it's just a muffler, a resonator, and then um, um, over axle tube piece, and then it dumps. So okay. I, may, I may have to modify that though, because the pictures I see shows it, the exhaust tip coming right up behind the bumper and putting out, but that's a factory location. So. Hmm. I may have to, to do some chopping and bending or something to get it to point down where I needed to, but so, it wasn't that bad a price either. It was only about 650 bucks for a full kit, cat back all the way. So, John, uh, bring everybody up to speed, uh, especially the, the listeners that haven't been involved in uh, the whole bumper conversation on Discord or anything else. It's a motor-built bumper, but which one is it? It's the frame chop, and, and the interesting thing is, is it's not like the poison spider, a bunch of others. In fact, the shop that was doing it for me was like, "Yeah, it'll take like two hours. Don't worry, um, you know, we'll get you get you in and out of here." And I like, I was about thirty minutes away. I actually Ubered from the shop back to my house to to go work from home. And um, I got a text message by the time I got home. I was like, "Hey, you got a second to chat?" And he called me, and he was like, "Yeah, this is not your normal frame shop. Like, this, <laughs> this is very involved. You're having to weld in a new cross member." And, and I went up there after. I was like, I asked him, you know. What did you think of it? And he was real, real good. The shop was like, you know, we quoted you, we quoted you, right? So I'm just letting you know, 
it's going to take a lot of extra time to do it. It's not going to be one of those done in two hours. I'm like, that's fine. I'll pick it up tomorrow morning, right? Um, so he was, it was really good. They stood by it, even though they were, it was the first one they had done. And uh, so I asked him when I picked it up, I'm like, hey, what'd you think of the kit? He's like, man, it's probably one of the best kits I've seen, right? Just how it sets up and it, the, the strength you keep back there and everything else. So they, they were impressed with it. Yeah, and you it's had good. this installed on uh, on what Jeep? Uh, JK, 2017 Wrangler Unlimited. So they uh, they cut, I think it's like three or four inches of the frame horns off. And then they cut the factory cross member out. So this means that you can't use any of like the factory hitches. So if you use your hitch, receiver hitch for towing or flagpoles or whatever, you can't use that on there. I think you can still probably weld something up because they do put a replacement cross member in there. So you could probably rig something up for a hitch, but you can't use any of the factory stuff anymore. And the the reason you you went with this uh, had you been uh, dragging ass on some things off road, or uh, you just like the idea? Well, so originally I had the factory bumper, and I was hitting that thing on everything, right? I mean, it was every time I would ledge drop off, I would, especially hitting falls because they got all those ledges out there, right? Um, I would I would constantly hit it. So originally I swapped out to this. Evo frame rear bumper delete kit, which is like a fascia. And then it comes with two eyes for the shackle mounts, right? Recovery points, the mount into the frame horns. And then, um, then that looks good. I, I love that look. And it, the, I didn't hit anything anymore. The problem is there's zero tub protection with that, right? And in fact, when I was at Hidden Falls during the Texas event, that's what I was running. But when you look at the back, you can see the pinch seam welds and everything on the tub and just it just it scared me every time i was coming off i knew i had the departure angle but if i ran out of it ran out of departure angle there was no bumper to hit it right. was just gonna straight sheet metal so that's the reason why i decided to go back to a bumper but i i, I love the, the the high clearance and on moto built site it says it gives you if you're running 35s this would give you the same clearance as like say running 40s as far as the departure angle, departure angle goes not ground clearance but just on the departure angle right so so far, I mean, you haven't had it off road yet, but so far you're you're happy with uh, the protection, the more protection that this is going to provide you. And uh, um, well, the biggest thing is the the fit. I mean, there's you don't see gaps, and and I can give some more pictures on on uh, Discord and everything, but the the gap all the way around is real clean. I mean, it's it's the the shop did a good job doing the welds and putting in the new cross member and and doing all that stuff, but you could just tell that it's a really well made piece of kit right it's not something that was mass produced welded it looked like it was hand welded and everything so um i think the quality speaks for itself it looks really good yeah i'm, I'm real happy with the moto built uh, front and rear bumpers the crusher series that i put on the uh, uh the 2021 jeep talk show gladiator so i know what you mean those welds i'm not a welder i'd, I'd like to know how to how to weld but uh so just looking at the welds from a, a non-informed source they were gorgeous so i was very happy with uh with my decision for uh to get moto built uh, bumpers yeah i think uh it, you know what it's there was the discussion on on the on the gladiator parts that you were getting um that made me kind of go that route because i was looking at the poison spider one and a couple of the other ones like they had said that you're kind of the run of the mill ones um but you know i went and looked at the moto belt site and you know was able to pick them up i actually ordered it from northridge as well right and i think i ordered it on wednesday and it was in my uh, garage ups dropped it off on like no i ordered it on sorry on monday 
and UPS dropped it off on Wednesday. That's it was. It, I was really impressed, uh, and especially was impressed when I ordered the the rear bumper uh, from uh, uh, Northridge Four by Four, and it was not in stock, and it was going to be thirty days for it to be in stock, and uh, I think I got it in a week and a half. So, not exactly, uh, not exactly sure what out of stock means, but. Uh, I think somebody uh, that Motobilt just uh, busted their ass and, and got it out. And, of course, I found out later, uh, I don't know uh, I, I don't know if you guys uh, know uh, Bender uh, from uh, uh, Park Knight in America, uh, one of the hosts. Uh, he's the one that actually uh, welded up the bumper, and I suspect he welded yours as well. Well, the, the shop guy that I took it to made, so was telling me about Northridge. He said, you know, he's one of their – their suppliers or whatever, like he's a Northridge affiliate or whatever in our area. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you order online, you're going to get from, I think the Northridge main office, which I think is out in Washington or something. Right. Um, you know, but if, if I came up to him, he would give me the same prices online, but he has access to warehouses all over the country. Right. In local areas. So he can get things. He said, sometimes same day, because they do have a Texas department. Wow. Station. You know, so, and, and I think Amazon is the one that has cost all this, uh, this, uh, Quick shipping. Well, nice. The nice thing with Northridge, because I buy a ton of stuff from there, is they've got so many offices that depending on where it's at, it comes from all over the country. They get one out east, they get one in Salt Lake City, they got one out west, and I mean they're everywhere. Hey, don't don't win my gladiator, man. <laughs> I, I well, you know, I got a bunch of points with the the the, the, uh, the two bumpers, and uh, what else did I buy from there? Uh, but anyway, I have a bunch a bunch of the points for those uh, either the Gladiator or the uh, the JL. Well, they're doing both. Would you keep it? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, depending on what the the taxes and everything were, and uh, depending on the the setup and stuff, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd love for the wife to have a, a Gladiator or a JL. The only problem with the JL is, is it's yellow, and she does not like yellow. The thing I found with Northridge, it, you know, sometimes, like the steps I bought, if I went direct to Rockslide, it was going to cost me more than going through Northridge. Yeah. yeah. It cost you more? More than Do what? More at Northridge or more if you didn't go to Northridge? Nor it was more if I went through Rockslide direct. Because Rockslide had promotion going at the time. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna get it on that promotion. But the problem, the problem was that the price that Northridge was sold them for was fairly close, and Rockslide didn't do free shipping. Oh, that gets you right there. It, especially on something like you know, you order a big pair of sliders like that. That shipping gets up fast. So it was going to cost me a couple hundred bucks to get them more to buy them from Rockslide versus Northridge. That's why I keep looking at the you know the metal cloak sales that they have because mm-hmm. when the sale they do like ten percent off and free shipping, right? Um, right. If you're a veteran, you get another ten percent on top of that, so you can get twenty percent off and free shipping from the metal cloak site during one of their big flash sales that they do. So a bit that's that's what's kept them in the running for a. For some parts, I really like their skid plate system, their undercloak system, because it's a boat tail model. So <laughs> instead of just being flatwoods, so you can kind of use it to slide off the rocks and everything else. So yeah, I really like that. And plus, they replaced the cross member with the skid plates, right? The transmission cross member is part of the kit. They put a beefier one in. 
Yeah, that's why I had went with the uh, on that with the Quibertech had a set and they're aluminum and they had put another uh, crossbar in there as well. And I know I hear all the talk about it. you start sliding around on the aluminum skid pans, they're not going to last, but I've, mine have scratched up. I've got a couple of gouges in it, but they're not really that bad. Maybe if you go out and maybe King of Hammers type stuff on them, but Think about doing that stuff that Lightbrite did, where they put that uh, that composite material or whatever that was in the, the bottom. UHMW. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if maybe if uh, I, I did the type of wheeling they do, <laughs> they beat the they beat the tar out of that Jeep. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> so I mean, that's not a that's not one of those channels to go out and baby that thing. They beat the living snot out of that Jeep. Got to earn that sponsor money. Yeah. I mean, they're they're run aluminum skids. So anybody mm. tells me they're not for serious wheel, and I, you know, you look at that stepchild, and they beat the crap out of that thing. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. The what the way they beat the heck out of that aluminum, it's got to be yeah. that stuff. So I've had aluminum skids on a uh, uh, freaking ADV motorcycle, and mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a lot lighter. I wound up eventually going to a steel skid because the of that aluminum skid, and it was fairly thick. I want to say it's about eighth inch thick or so. Uh, that aluminum skid over time just slowly got beat and deformed and gouged real deep, and uh, it eventually got to the point that whenever I would drop that skid plate to change the the oil on the bike, I could not get everything to line back up right anymore, and I just said screw sure. it, bought a steel plate, and uh, never had a problem after that. Well, there's definitely applications where it makes sense, right? I mean, the biggest thing from a daily point of view, if you're not going to be consistently beating on it all the time, but you do want some protection, that weight savings is a big deal, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Everything from fuel mileage to, to just performance. Like, you go in those bigger axles. They always say, you know, going to axles is like a combination of tire, horsepower, and weight, right? So you're trying to find the right size you want. You can run a lot of huge tires on 44s if you got a little little bit of horsepower and, and really lightweight right um without risking anything well yeah totally in agreement and I, and I think it's one of those things too if if you are non-stop wheeling it hard i'm gonna say buggy or something like that where you're riding them skids non-stop eh, okay i can i might be able to see that a little bit more but we're on a rig i'm gonna say like mine we're 80% of its life's on the highway. I like to say it's more on the trail, but it's not. So the weight savings pays for itself. Absolutely. Yep, yep, I agree. That's the uh, the overlanders that are always running real heavy. They would probably do, uh, they would probably benefit greatly from some lightweight skids. Even those those ultra high molecular density skids or whatever you guys were just talking about a minute ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for plates on, on my JK, since it's a two door, I thought, okay, I've got a little bit weight to play with since it's not a four door, so I'm lighter to begin with, and I was going to pound it up pretty hard on rocks, so I ended up going with steel. I think the steel is a quarter inch steel from Rock Hard. But then I was also looking at aluminum and talking to Rockhart about that. They said, well, okay, so the aluminum's, aluminum's 3 16 but they were 
if, and I may, I may be backwards on that. But in any case, they said the aluminum are great for weight, but if you keep pounding them, they actually can crack besides bending, but crack depends on how hard you're going to pound them. So you guys are exactly right. The weight trade-off versus if you're really going to pound it, like you were saying, Lightbright or some of those guys do with Stepchild, I think the steel's worth it. But then again, too, a two-door versus a four-door, you're already heavier with the four-door, and then you go to the Gladiator and even more so. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's the what's the name of that that vendor that they're using? Because they switched over. They don't run any Metal Club stuff anymore now, right? They run, was it something Venture Motorsports or something? American, that's American, American Venture Labs, isn't it? Yeah, Adventure Motorsports or something like that. The next venture or next maybe. But they next get I, I really, I really like their their tail light swaps they did on the JL. I don't know if you saw that, right? That yeah, yeah, it's pretty clean. And, and it keeps the square tail light, so it looks more like a Jeep, right? I mean, I like, <laughs> right. I like the round ones, you know, mm. like the way Genrite does it, where they kind of crunch them into the rear quarter, and so they're not sticking out. That looks really good. But um, I don't know. Square tail lights what Jeep comes with, so if I find a way to stay with that, would be nice. So, any of you guys that are wheeling the JT or or the JL, with the way those tail lights stick out, it's kind of like the old issue that that I'm going with a license plate relocation for my JK because it sticks out like two or three inches, right? And so I was I was wheeling with some guys. Actually, it was a Gladiator, but he swung his tail light around and and it just popped out with you know hitting a tree because that yeah it sticks out and my understanding is it's sticking out because of the what i don't know what the, what's the traffic indicator system that they've got on there that's electronic that'll warn you for changing lanes and all that yeah. lane assist yeah lane assist so mm -hmm. it, so it needed to do that for the lane assist but i mean there are some cleaner wrap corners that you could still have the look without Sticking out a few inches, right? Yeah, there's a set of tail lights that are that are slimmer that go with the body, supposedly, from what I've seen, and they're supposed to have that if you have it equipped. Um, that uh, lane assist stuff, and most of them, like the sports and stuff, they don't have them. They're just bulgy for no reason, right? Yeah, well, they're just they're just because they're molding one housing. Whether yeah. they put the lane assist stuff in there or not, it's it's one part, and that way they don't have to manage, you know, different. It's all, and then that they all have the same look, also. Yeah. Oh, so. and uh, Christopher, the, the lane change assist was available for the sport, or at least for the Sport S. I just didn't uh, just didn't purchase it. Yeah, you can you can get it, but it's just not a um, what is it a, a standard ordeal? Right. I know some of the Sahara, or well, in the Gladiator, it's the overlander some of those will come standard some of them won't i don't know how it works but the um the active uh cruise control i thought would be a, an interesting thing to have uh making you know like long trips to uh off-road parks where you just uh, uh set it and it basically speeds up and slows down with the uh the traffic that you come up on um yeah. i could see that would be a, a cool thing to have you know if you're not trailering your rig someplace my dad has it on his uh, new Ram. Does it work as uh, as cool as it sounds like it would, or is it? Uh, yeah, it's yes. okay, but <laughs> yes, uh, he 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 likes it a lot, so he doesn't have to really do much braking. It does it for him. But there is one downfall to that. 
and people that cut you off, the truck will slam on its brakes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, it about threw him through the window whenever somebody did that. They come over just probably, he said, probably within three feet of him. And it locked the brakes up. Well, not locked them up, but it like hit them real hard to slow them down. And yeah, it, it scared him and his uh, his girlfriend. Well, you know, yeah. that's, that's just not a good thing because that'll wake you up. You're trying to take a good nap while you're driving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't I didn't even know they had such a thing and I I flew into San Antonio to go drive down to visit my dad in Corpus and it was cheaper flight to San Antonio rented a car jump in it start hauling ass to Corpus and the next thing I know is the, the vehicle's locking up brakes and then and then the car leaves the lane in front of me and then it just like tries to accelerate an additional twenty mile an hour and I'm like what the hell's wrong with this car. <laughs> It's driving itself. And the yeah, first time the you get in a car and you don't know about it, it's it's, it's a wake up. Yeah, yeah. And same the thing was thing too with the, it keeping you in the lane is very. I don't like it because uh, we had rented a uh, or had given a Cadillac one time that had that stuff on it at first, and my wife at the time was trying to get out of the way of a semi who was weaving between traffic lanes. And she, it started coming in her lane. Well, she tried moving over, and it kept throwing her back in the lane. So it's well. Just wait till they have the driverless trucks on the road. Ugh. It's common. So, so I, I, I suspect so she, it's going to be. Uh, we're going to be uh, uh, picking on the the driverless vehicles. You know, weaving at them and making them slow down, and you know, just oh, basically yeah. bullying <laughs> the auto, you, the, the AI. Have you heard so of the? So uh, she's not not using her turn signals and. Oh, no, no, because, you don't want to give away your strategy. The minute you turn on your turn signal, that that lets you over without all the bumping. Right, but she was in the right hand lane. Well, the semi was weaving, and yep. so she was just trying to get out of the way. And oh, I get it. Really bad in construction, right? Whether you're, yes. on the lane and you're not changing lanes, but the markers on the ground aren't exactly clear, and it'll confuse and want to turn you right into the K rail or whatever. So, have you heard of the uh, one pedal drive yet? It's a brand new system that's in the new uh, with the Ford F one fifty trimmer, and they're putting it in. I think the new GMC AT four. It's really weird. Apparently, it's um, instead of having your foot on the gas or the brake, if you're not on the gas, it's automatically applying the brakes. So if you're climbing over rocks or whatever you would do in one of those, um, you actually, when you lift off the gas, it's automatically applying the brakes for you, and then you touch the gas. It'll go, but you have to give it a little bit, push it a little bit harder. It won't surge. It meet meters it or whatever, but it's this really weird new system. It's supposed to help novice off-roaders um, figure out throttle control and everything. Going uh, how do you do? A, how do you do a burnout with that, or or put it into it and do donuts? Well, it's optional mode, so you have to turn on, right? So it's not on all the time. Oh, okay. So, like, if you go into four low or something like that, it's kind of like the lockers in a in a jeep rubicon or something right you have to be in a four low or something like that and then you can enable it but it's called one pedal drive and they're adding it to almost all the move i mean it's probably going to be coming to the rebel and the trx and you know maybe even the automatic jeeps before long right wasn't uh, that the, the same thing with the big wheels the the, the the kids toy it was one pedal drive or actually two pedals yeah. <laughs> on and off that's all you had <laughs> so it's kind of so it's kind of like the whole theory of what is it the cvt uh, transmission to where it really doesn't shift it just ramps up and ramps down it never really has gears per se 
it's got pulleys, right? So it's got all these yeah. chains, and it just—it's a never-ending gear ratio, right, or infinite gear ratio. Yeah, right? yeah. It's got two cones basically that move in and out to change the ratio. Right. You're talking about the thing freaking out your auto drive system. That I was in the Tahoe the other night, and I guess the railroad tracks scared its system, and it gave you that panic light that flashes on the dash, right, and locked the brakes up. There was like nobody else around, <laughs> just driving down. Middle of the night, going to the railroad tracks, and all of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> you need to stop. That'll, that'll wake you up if you're half asleep, too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, this is a subject I think maybe uh, has been beat to death, but uh, I thought uh, there's, there's always some new information coming out all the time about the, uh, the Ford Bronco. And uh, I thought it would be interesting to get maybe uh, uh, what what y'all's opinion of it is? Uh, I mean, if you like it or you don't, there's there's no wrong opinions here. If you if you like it, you're you're glad to see it come out. Uh, you know, chime in. Uh, I, I was really surprised to, to see a, a video on uh, TikTok, and of course, it has to be true because somebody posted it up on uh, social media. But uh, the sixty five thousand dollar Ford Bronco with a seventy two thousand uh, dealer um, upgrade. So if you wanted to buy one of these things. It was, uh, you know, upwards of $140,000. So I, I don't know. Uh, it, it, I guess it's kind of like the, the way the Gladiators were when they came out. There was a big buzz about it. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about the, the Ford Bronco? Is it, is it a, a Jeep killer? No. I see them up here in the oh, Chicago no, no. suburbs area, and they're more of just a mall crawler yuppie status thing at this point. Right. Oh, I actually got to see one. I didn't get to see it run, but I got to see one at the uh, Oki Jeep Jam here in Oklahoma. And it's really small compared to what I thought it was because they make it look at all big and badass and everything. And then I got next to it, and it's, to me, smaller than a Wrangler. But smaller is not necessarily a bad thing, right? No. I just wanted to do up here. For me, yeah, it is because I'm six foot three. Let me take anything smaller. <laughs> well, I've been a gear. I've been a my whole life, and I love pretty. I like them all, and I think, I think the better that 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 Bronco is, it only helps Jeeps and everything else because it puts the pressure on to make a better product. Yeah. That I exactly. Agree with. I yeah, really yes, I like that. that. Uh, that's the, exactly. that's the thing we I like the most of. That. We wouldn't have the 392 if it weren't for the Bronco coming out. I firmly believe that. The 392 is is why, well, is why is, is now part of the group. I mean, of, uh, Bronco. How long, you know, have, how long have Jeepers been asking for a V8? Uh, so yeah, and it and it happens right as the uh, uh, right as the uh, the Bronco comes out or you know, it's announced. So yeah, I definitely think that was a a, a reaction from Jeep. Oh, absolutely. I do like and the rear think about it. option they have. And the more you know, competition that other companies come out with, the better it'll be. The more Jeep will have to step up, the more Ford will have to step up. The better, the more there is out there, the higher everything floats. Uh, Toyota's teasing now the new FJ. Uh, when that comes out, locked and equipped, and if they bring it in under the price point, of the Wrangler and the Bronco, that'll affect things too. Well, I and think just think about it. Dodge was one of the first ones to do the uh, overage on prices. I mean, if you think way back to the, uh, um, the PT Cruiser, 
when that thing came out, they were selling them for way over asking price. And that just, that kind of just kicked that whole thing off because that and the Prowler and Hellcats, <laughs> all of those sold for a lot more than what, what the sticker price was. But is it me too watching these, these commercials lately? Like Subaru's really pushing their outback and they're showing them climbing up on a mountain and they've got a Nissan, one of their, whatever their SUV is, um, well, doing mountain trails and saying how, what a great off-road vehicle the Nissan yeah. Quest is. Or what. And I'm just looking at it going, really? Well, you know why? It's because of COVID, right? The national parks got just busy last year. Everybody was going out and getting out into the wilderness and they're just trying to capitalize on it. But, I mean, the thing to remember is the Forerunner is not a slouch, right? I mean, it's not a hardcore rock crawler, but, you know, for how most people use their off-road vehicles, you know, trail riding, camping, getting out, stuff like that. I mean, the Forerunner is not a bad platform, right? Oh. And it, it, I can't remember, is the, is the Forerunner solid rear axle or is it independent rear on? Solid rear, independent front. So, so yeah. basically, the Bronco is a lightweight Forerunner, right? I mean, it's 44 in the rear, IFS up front, and, and yeah. a lot less weight. And one thing you notice, too, is a lot of them they are showing with kayaks on them, right? They're showing with all these different you know, outdoor things on them. What sold out last year, they couldn't keep kayaks in stock and that kind of stuff. They're just really trying to associate their their vehicles with that kind of thing, right? That's hey, what the appeal is right now. Does anybody know if the Bronco is flat towable? Because that will really cut into G. Because right now... Everybody knows if you need a flat tow rig and RV sales are off the charts, right? But if you need a, a flat tow rig, Jeep is the way to go, right? Because it's so simple and everything else. You can't flat tow a Toyota. Why should leave it for low? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's everybody. You, you, I see a ton of people in the motorhome world that got little two door JKs or JLs mm -hmm. because of how easy they are to, even the Cherokees, right? The yep. new Cherokees and, and Grand. That's a good point. They're really good to flat tow. I don't know if the Bronco is flat towable or not. Yeah, but there, that's a really good point. That's if they haven't capitalized it, you're right. That's a good market for that. Yeah, I, the Overland rigs. Yeah, for Overland rigs, it's that Forerunner is a pretty formidable uh, rig. I mean, the nearest thing that's, uh, I'll say, you where you can equip it the same is the Gladiator, but it's you, know, you don't have you don't have interior space like you do on the Forerunner. Yeah, and the on-road comfort, right? I mean, when you're overlanding, I mean, not a lot of it is hardcore off-trails. It's washboard roads, right. just getting out and stuff like that, and that IFS will soak it up. So, I mean, you can't you can't be blind and just flat, you know, say, all around. I mean, you can have preference. I still prefer my Jeep, obviously. But sure. I, I think the Bronco is going to have – but so does the FJ. Of course, the interesting thing is the FJ never had a – aftermarket following like jeep does right the re the resurrected fj that was from what 2001 or 2002 to you know whatever it was plus it had weird back doors right they were like suicide doors that were real small yeah mm -hmm. it had crazy blind spots if you ever been in one right it was just really hard to see out of and then the three windshield wipers that was just really weird um so i think it it kind of hurt itself with being too quirky bronco when, I, when you have you ever seen somebody open up the back tailgate of one of the new Broncos yet? I was watching a YouTube video and somebody was standing on the back of one and in the thumbnail. And I actually started the video, I didn't realize it was a Bronco, I thought it was a Wrangler. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's so close. It just they copied so much stuff from Wrangler, it was it's kind of funny. 
We had a tire mount, the top. If you really go around that thing, there's so many there's so many takeoffs from the what the Wrangler has done. And Ford put their little bit of a twist on it, but I mean it's kind of almost like a, a repackaged Wrangler with, you know, some changes. It's a hybrid between a Wrangler and a Forerunner. Right? I mean, drivetrain wise it's probably closer to a Forerunner, but body and everything else is closer to a Wrangler. So do you guys, yeah. and I think there's been some discussion in the uh, the, uh, the Jeep Talk Show Discord server about uh, how well the uh, the Bronco was built. Like uh, I think somebody posted up the other day how low the, the shock mounts are in, in the rear. Um, but uh, I'm primarily wondering about the uh, uh, the tie rod ends that are that are bending and breaking. Do you see, uh, do you think Ford is going to up their game or do you oh, think yeah. a third-party uh, aftermarket is going to be the solution for if you if you want to take your Bronco off road, you'll just have to upgrade to these uh, heavier duty tie rods, something that's bigger than three eighths of an inch in diameter. Well, it's their first year, right? First first year of any vehicle, especially this, where it's something they haven't done in a Bronco in how many years now? Um, they're gonna they're gonna learn from it. I think they're gonna bring their I think they're gonna bring it up, which is what they need to do. And hey, if that's more of a challenge to throw the gauntlet down, then so be it. Just means we get to see some more exciting stuff from Jeep. The conspiracy theorist to me says that those parts are weak on purpose for aftermarket to have something to do and fix it on it, right? I mean, you know, if it's uh yeah, I pay, pay for for licensing or whatever it is. Oh yeah, here's the here's the weak points. We're going to give you a list of them so you know what to build in the aftermarket early well, on. Well, I mean, they've got computer simulations. They've got uh, engineers that know how strong things are. You know, I, I I feel they specifically went with smaller stuff for a reason, whether it be weight savings, MPG, uh, so on and so forth. So they had to know that this was going to happen to some people, and it was going to be some bad PR whenever you know you start seeing the wheels pointing uh, two separate directions. Uh, in in social media posts, so uh, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they would go with something so uh, meager. I mean, uh, looking at the uh, the the stuff underneath the the 2021 uh, uh, Jeep truck that I have, that is some some beefy front end parts on there, and, and and that's what I would expect from a Jeep. But if this if you're gonna have a Jeep killer, you 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 need to beef up those parts a little bit, and I'm a little surprised that anybody would think that it'd be okay for aftermarket to, uh, you know, come in and fix up the design issue. Well, the question is too is how long is the Bronco going to be around? Let's face it, with the exception of the Mustang and the F-150, what's gone the distance with Ford before they drop it and try something else? Maybe they're bringing back the Mustang, right? Yeah, yeah. they change they changed the Mustang and they're bringing back the Maverick. Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> I had not heard about that. <laughs> yeah, they're It's it's going to be a unibody truck similar to like a Honda Ridgeline, but smaller. It will be based on the Escape. It's a baby, right? The Ranchero. Yeah, the Ranchero. That's what they should have called it. They had gee, they had like pickup truck car names from the past that they could have used, and instead they used the Maverick. Ranchero would have been perfect. Well, the, the, argument car, the, whole, the whole aftermarket, right? If you Do you really want to start an aftermarket business if you're not sure that that business is going to be there in five, ten years? Oh, yeah. yeah well, the aftermarket is what's going to decide the fate of the Bronco, right? I mean, the aftermarket pretty much decides the fate of the FJ. But, but what if comes first? If you, don't have, if you don't have the support. well, But so far, it seems like they've got a pretty good support for the aftermarket. There's a lot well, of people coming out with stuff already. 
and yeah. doing a lot of research on it. So I think that if we see the the because that's what's always helped Jeep so much, right? Jeep has such a massive natural community um, that if you get something even close to that with the Bronco, I I, I think it'll be around for a while. And how much is it going to cost, though? Well, it, and it's also more expensive to modify, right? The solid axle is a lot easier to lift. And like Larry just swapped out the, the front axle on, on his. I mean, you didn't need a professional shop to go in and do that, right? It's not. Well, Larry is a professional shop. You know, he's a one-man professional shop. <laughs> and, you, know I mean? you, don't, you don't need a lot of specialty tools, right? Some some hands that really know how you can do it. And the aftermarket's going to be expensive until there's more more competitors come in, right? Yeah, well, there's like more parts. You can go buy all these stuff for pretty cheap because there's a mass amount of them. Yeah. As where the Bronco doesn't have a mass amount of stuff, so it's going to be really expensive. But there's a there's also more parts to modify on the Bronco or an IFS versus solid. Bronco. Yes, and not only do you change out you know like springs and stuff, you're going to have to ha- change an entire knuckle. Also. Yeah longer a arms i mean you're gonna have to i mean it's and as soon as you do the lift on the ifs right if you go up you go out right yeah keep your angles right so you know you're going to be limited by that you're going to you start lift the broncos you start making them a lot wider and that's that's a real good thing on a jeep is you can lift and put a taller skinnier tire and keep your unless you're jimmy and went with the tons and have that huge wide (laughs) (laughs) there but i mean here defend themselves (laughs) that's why you say it right but i mean it it would be it would be curious to find out what the aftermarket support that actually worked with Ford on that because, you know, from what I remember hearing about the JK when it first came out, there wasn't a lot of aftermarket support for it when the JK came out. But when the JL came out, they worked with a lot of people so that when it rolled out, all the aftermarket was pretty soon after. And, and just curious of how much of that is actually the people working with Ford versus you know, the mad rush to go buy a new Bronco so they can start making all the aftermarket stuff for it. Well, Ford also has a huge catalog, right, with the Ford performance parts and everything else. I mean, they're they're really pumping up their own aftermarket, so to speak. Yeah, because my, my understanding was that Ford actually did work with aftermarket suppliers beforehand on top of their, like, in-house aftermarket parts. Well, that's one of the okay. big differences with Ford and a lot of companies. Ford is very vertically integrated, right? They don't outsource a lot, and that's why they're weathering the whole supply chain crisis better than some of them. That was one of Henry Ford's biggest principles was keeping everything in-house. Well, I, I would love to have Chris here to talk about that because I know he has strong opinions on Ford. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he was the one saying that they were notorious for not working with anybody outside that's what i'm saying right if it wasn't a ford internal it wasn't going to happen they are very much vertically integrated right everything's in-house under under the tower top down they can they keep the tight control on it well well do fords get modified much by people i mean you know jeep it's almost a given that the the, the jeep is going to get modifications made to it uh if even if it doesn't need them just just because people want to make modifications and make it make it your own type of uh, build uh, is nice. ford known for I mean, that at all you, you you live in texas right how many trucks do you see on a daily basis that are still stock i was about to say right. four, four super duty, right going the four wides and 14 wides and I, I see i see front bumpers that you know these massive front bumpers that are put on there and and maybe oh. a lift but nothing that is 
nothing like what what you do to a Jeep. Well, well look at the Mustang. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, the Mustang. I was going to say that it's more engine parts though. And I mean, yeah, they'll if you get really into it, then they'll start doing suspension. Right. So it's just engine. Yeah, well, I, look I, at the, uh, I don't Ford notice external truck. modifications at all. The Ford, uh, the Ford truck suspension from Chevy. It's actually more on the the Chevrolets because they're IFS up front for the heavy duties. I mean, there's some intricate stuff that they're doing on there, like the whole subframe and painting it. And, you know, going really crazy on those lifts they do. It's and there's a lot of money. I mean, you can get a hundred thousand dollars on just suspension alone on some of those crazy super duty builds or whatever, right? Where they're going twenty eight inches of lift and you know, running ridiculous stuff on there. Well, and and uh, in Texas, the only thing you have to worry about is uh, uh, how high the headlights are. I think that it's fifty four inches. You can't be above fifty four inches on the headlights. Yeah, that's Oklahoma too. Is it? Right. Yeah, but these things are not meant to to do anything besides show up at a truck show and bulldozer. Yeah, on. yeah. Maybe go, maybe go through the mud. Yeah. And yeah. tops and pickup trucks. I mean, they. That, that's it, right? I mean, they got too. They're too pretty. <laughs> Way too shiny. Yeah, I, I, I love trucks, full size trucks. I've I have had several of them. I the first four wheel drive I had was a nineteen eighty three uh, Chevrolet uh, short wheelbase uh, pickup with uh, I put a four inch lift and thirty sevens on it, and uh, it was a blast. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it's, it's not something that you're going to take out on a tight trail. My first, my very first truck in high school was a eighty four Silverado three quarter ton had a rusted out hole in the floor where you could see the shifter handle because it had that SM465 four speed. And in my uh, my youthful genius, I decided it would be really cool to just cut the exhaust off at the headers to make it really loud. <laughs> so that hole in the floorboard became very important at that point. <laughs> you couldn't drive it more than 30 minutes without getting a headache, right? Because exhaust fumes are just coming up in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling of euphoria. <laughs> right before you pass out. More fifty four. Those square bodies are nice, but yeah. Those are solid front axle too, right? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. See, actually the old Broncos on the F one fifty frame, right? Those were you didn't see a lot of good stuff with those when they were out. The OJ Broncos? But they were yeah. heavy, right. They were way too heavy. By the time they got to that level were like serious trail use, they were just so heavy. Um, yeah, but those things were those things were sexy when you took the top off of them, right? Oh yeah, very, very nice cool. light. Yeah, nice light setup on them, and there was a good aftermarket on those at the time. The uh, the Blazer uh, and the uh, Broncos were out about the same time, and it was a Ram Charger. It was a hard choice between the two. I think the Bronco was a little sexier than the the Blazer. Uh, yeah, Texas. Walker Walker Texas Ranger Chuck Norris and Lone Wolf McQuaid was in a Ram Charger, which makes the Ram Charger the ultimate, right? <laughs> oh, I had well, a 1982 Dodge Ram Charger. Didn't you drive it out? Of, yep. Didn't you drive it out of the grave, right? Like they buried him in yeah. it. They buried it. The they buried it, and the lights come on, and he drives himself out. <laughs> yeah, but you know, a Bronco looks good in, in a a slow speed suit. a helicopter. Uh, he didn't need a GoPro, right? He you know, uh, you know, if Ford if Ford was on top of their marketing, they would have done that for the the new Bronco that they came out with. Were they going to release the new Chase? They were going to release the new Bronco on the same date as the Chase originally. They didn't realize it, and then they they had to change it. <laughs> oh, that would have been right. awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm serious. They should have gone with that. They should have gone with that with actors and the whole nine yards. Uh, Can you get a white one on the new ones? I didn't even look to see it. I haven't seen one. 
Can you get a white one on the new color? Only on the OJ trim. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even look at that. I wonder if they even offer it. And you know what you got to do if it doesn't fit. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of, speaking of fitting, let me, uh, let me switch gears to this. I wanted to mention this earlier when you guys were talking about uh, aluminum skids. Um, on the, 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 correct me if I'm wrong on this, Larry, the, uh, Rubicon 44, it's of 44 that you just put on, uh, your, your G, your G, your JL, it, it has, um, the, uh, I guess it would be, my goodness, somebody, somebody dead over there. Josh, Josh needs to mute. Sorry guys. I'm in, I'm installing a freaking used dryer at nine to nine o'clock at night my bed <laughs> that was gonna be something cool like oh yeah putting some uh bead locks on or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, no I, I did i did spend the day today painting the uh inside of the tub and the underside of the tub on a 47 or 48 ish cj2a nice oh, that's nice so it was oj's birth uh simpson's birthday when they were originally going to release and they had to change it <laughs> So anyway, Larry, on that uh, that uh, forty Dana forty four that you put on your uh, your JL, I noticed at least I think I noticed that the knuckles are aluminum, and I was yes. curious. Did you consider changing those out to uh, the uh, the cast iron uh, knuckles that you know were on earlier years uh, before you put that on, or are you concerned about the the strength of those aluminum knuckles? No, not yet. I I, I don't see an issue with it. As, you know, Maybe if I was out beating on it day in and day out, they may cast iron aftermarkets for it. But, you know, I think for now, if I ever want to go to a high steer setup, I'll have to switch over. Right. Well, was yours, has yours has aluminum knuckles on it, too. Yeah, that's why I was asking. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I was a little disappointed that it was aluminum knuckles. And I'm, I'm sure they're doing it for weight savings uh, and, uh, you know, getting the MPG up there. But... Uh, I kind of, when I was watching the video, and, and if you guys don't know, uh, Larry has a, a YouTube channel. Uh, Larry, uh, tell, tell them where your YouTube channel is. Yeah, so uh, one of them's Jeeping Mo, and it's M-O at the end. So we do a lot of uh, Jeep stuff on that, some fab work, and I actually have two channels. The other <laughs> one's four, this 4 by 4 Fab Shop, no space between fab and shop. We do just fab on that one. Which one? Uh, it was the the Jeep and Mo uh, channel where you were building the Dana Forty Four, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. So I was watching that, and I, I saw it. Saw you putting it all together. Beautiful work, uh, by the way. And you guys should check Thank out you. check out that uh, check out that video. Uh, and uh, but uh, I saw that aluminum knuckle. And went, oh my god! I, I just I just kind of figured why you had it out. You were going to be able to. Uh, you probably swap that thing out. But I'm glad to hear that you're confident enough with it. Um, where uh, you're just going to go with that and then, until you need to change it later. So what the, now the the the, <clears throat> the gear ratio in that front axle is 410. Your rear axle right. is a different uh, gear ratio. Do you, do you have uh, another Dana 44 that you're going to be building and put on there? Or yeah, I've got the rear. That was just the front I was putting on. Uh, hopefully this week, and I'll get the rear in there as well. I just can't. I just can't shift it to four wheel drive right now. Did you did you put the uh, front drive shaft in, or you, do you trust yourself? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I think I'd have to leave it out because just just on the outside chance. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work twice. 
<laughs> I, I, plus, I'm not going wheeling with it right now, and it's not snowing, so what about, there's no reason to have it in. What was the deal with the brakes? You said there's different calipers on the Rubicon 44? Than the yeah, so so I thought they were the same between the Sport and, uh, and the Rubicons, but the Rubicon, the caliper itself and the bracket is different than the Sport. They at first kind of looked the same, but on the Sport, the actual banjo fitting is down low on the on the side of it so they bend the banjo fitting to go around the caliper and on the rubicon it's dead smack center so you i can't use the same brake lines hmm. so i had to so i that's the same so i had to so i had to try to find yeah it's they're different on all on, on the front and rear and uh well, you can't find brake lines right now. So luckily, Northridge, Northridge had a set. I had them the next day aired in because I was kind of SOL'd. Yeah, I a lot of people talking about them having their stuff in stock pretty well. Yeah, and you know, the nice thing about them is if it says in stock when you look at it online, it's in stock. I've not, I've never had them, you know, not have something when it says in stock. And they've got good parts, right? It's not just the cheap Chinese knockoffs always and everything yeah. else. They've got motobills. No, those are... They've got all the good stuff. Those were Evo brake lines. And I needed to make them longer anyway because those were factories. And when I was at full, you know, full droop, those lines were starting to get kind of tight. You know, those factories. And not that you can buy factories because at least the dealer by me says they were out of stock and couldn't tell you when they were going to get new factory ones, but... They had a set of Evos there. Awesome. I was watching that video as well. And I got to tell you, man, it's impressive what you're getting done. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's fun. It makes, makes me, my bones ache just looking at it because I'm getting older and crawling on underneath things hurts more. Trust me, that floor keeps getting lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, Larry. I think, I think Eddie's watching your videos. Did you see what video he came out with this morning or yesterday morning? The yeah, bottom. that bastard's. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. It's like, hey, I seen that video before. <laughs> That's funny. What's funny is he must have got those right from Synergy because when I bought when I bought those ball joints, I checked with Synergy; they didn't have any. Yeah, they hadn't come out with yet. So, I mean, obviously he's a he's a lot bigger fish. You know, there's no doubt about that. Though so he's probably getting you know preference with everything on that, but he's also a yeah. See, Right, they're from the JK experience and stuff like that. Right, you watch oh, absolutely. all the time. So, you know what you need to do now? You need to go out and make an off-roading basics video. <laughs> yeah, hey, you need to put that rear in first. That's, yeah, put yeah. How, to, how to pay attention at Windrock so you don't end up with damage. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Which I should have done that this weekend because uh, when I went out, uh, we did quite a bit of stuff: sand, rock crawl, uh, went up. Uh, quite a big hill, mud. So it was all sorts of stuff we did. I need to start filing chip around. He's one getting around all doing all the wheeling. Uh, I'm getting out some, although it's going to slow down from here on out up here. Oh yeah. No weather. Well, I'm still. Are you going to try to do Redbird still? Maybe in a couple I'm weeks. I'm still hoping. I've got it. I've got two trips coming. I've got, next week. I've got SEMA. Right. 
So, oh. and then uh, I just found out I get, I'm going to be out towards Mike or not Mike. Um, oh, where'd he go? Yeah, it was Mike's area. I'll be out there uh, in two weeks. Where Wendy and Mike and everybody live. Oh, out in, Cal in California. Yes, sir. You going to be out there with the Jeep or are you flying out there? No, I'm flying out there. It's. I'm, uh, I'm You've been out there before, though, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, I was you out there and then, uh, yeah, Mike and Wendy you know, took care of me. They, they took me out there to uh, Gold Mountain and uh, John Bull. It was it was a fun weekend. Nice, nice, beautiful, beautiful area. No oh, man, that I'm Big Bear area—that's something. I'm doing Hidden Falls on Friday. Um, not, not this Friday, but following Friday. Go out there, take the take the little one out of school. She's excited about it. She did good on her report card or whatever. So said asked her what she wanted if you want cash she's like no i want to go wheeling so I'm hey. Like, hey take her out of school around you know 10 o'clock or whatever and get out there and wheel so she gets close to dark how uh reception tents there for weddings where <laughs> it falls no she said so we watched this video of uh some folks that were getting married up on black bear and that's what she wants to do she wants to get married at the top. I'm like, why don't you go up there first and see how hard it is to breathe for everybody <laughs> before, you, before you make that decision? And how, how old is she? Eleven. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so mine. It's got. Mine, it's, it's got bridal falls, right? Oh boy. Oh. Mine. Well, I, mean, I don't have to worry about that. She's not allowed to start dating until she's thirty, anyway. So there you go. Uh, That's there. right. Let me know how that goes for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have the you have the new boyfriend shotgun, right, John? Oh well, my oldest, who's just turned fourteen on the ninth, uh, told me last night that you know she likes a boy. So <laughs> now I got that to deal with. <laughs> Do you yeah. like him alive or dead? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. I'm, I haven't really processed so, it. Yet. Yeah, what that comes down to is. Do you know about them or don't want to know about them? <laughs> you know, I don't know. So I said I haven't processed it yet. I don't know how I would feel about it. All right, I just yeah, you brought it up here. <laughs> you know, I'm obviously I'm obviously iterating on it in my head, right? Uh -huh, yeah, it's, it's there. We're, we're not going to help age, you. It's harder to do at that age, but when they get to be 16 or 17 or 18, then you run background checks on them, making sure go. that you know. <laughs> Back checks at, background checks at 14, man. Are the kids nowadays? Yeah. Oh, hey, at yeah, least now good. you have GPS. Oh, uh, heck, at 11. <laughs> well, didn't didn't Josh just have some stories where uh, like 11 or something-year-old just yeah. stole a Jeep? And yep. Yeah. Yeah. Last podcast. Had to turn over the police, turn the child over to the, the parents because that's the way the, the law was written. Right. Dumping guns and, and driving and the, stolen vehicles. Before, so the fourteen-year-olds were smart enough to let the eleven-year-old drive. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Wild. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. But no, I'm glad the eleven-year-old. She's all about. Like, so I was. We we're talking about next year trying to get that that trip to the Rubicon, in, and it was pretty awesome that Chuck was talking about taking us on that, right? And he mentioned that Thursday night. Yeah. So that would. He's very experienced up there. So that would be that would be pretty awesome to go up there. So Absolutely. Yeah, I heard about that, and yeah. she's like super excited. She's like, "Is that is that for sure?" I'm like, "Ah, nothing's for sure on a wheeling trip, but you know." But, <laughs> so so really I missed like the Zoom meeting on Thursday night because that wasn't on the show, right? So they were t when you guys were talking in Zoom, 
He's planning yeah. a trip to Rubicon? No, we were talking about wanting to go out there. And he oh. said that he would love to take us out there. I guess he grew up there. And so he said really? he's been down it like a thousand times or whatever. And, you know, he knows that area. He actually he mentioned a couple other trails nearby that I've never heard of. Well, as you can hear, the uh, the conversation is continuing on. And that's one of the fun things about being part of the uh, the Zoom meeting itself. Uh, just because the, uh, the roundtable comes to an end doesn't mean the conversation stops. So, uh, you know, go over to uh, jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash contact. Scroll on down there and you'll see a newsletter. Sign up for that newsletter and then you'll get an email uh, usually on Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings. And it'll give you the links for the, the show. Uh, I mean, sorry, the links for the uh, the Zoom meeting where you can join in and, and get in on this conversation. Now, you don't even have to, to talk. We have uh, several people that uh, have joined the uh, the Zoom meeting uh, since it started uh, an hour ago and uh, haven't uh, haven't said a, said a word. So you can come in and listen to the conversation. You don't have to uh, to comment. But I don't know. I think uh, after a bit, you know, you want to chime in with something. So thanks a lot for listening and uh, join us uh, for all three episodes that we have uh, each week now: Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Podcasting since 2010.